is here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, everybody. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811. Lot to get to. This evening, I'm not going to do a redo of the President's State of the Union address. There are clips here and there that we will focus on. I am going to spend a lot of time discussing with you what we saw last night, the spectacle we saw on the Democrat side and in the media. But in a way, you probably don't expect Look, there's a reason I'm the cleanup hitter when it comes to this format. I take a lot of time during the day to do the research and do the thought. I don't have any researchers or advisors or anything of the sort to really dig deeply into events. And so I thought the president's speech, as I posted on my Facebook and Twitter sites, was outstanding. Absolutely outstanding. That's not to say I don't disagree with them in some areas. Obviously, you know I don't support 11 million illegal aliens getting citizenship, which he does. I don't support what was a $1 trillion, now a $1.5 trillion infrastructure program. I think it is a massive boondoggle at a time when we should be husbanding our resources, cutting the debt for our children and grandchildren, and stop feeding from the public trough and pretend that it's for our public safety and public well-being and transportation and all the rest. Enough is enough. But what the president said, in so many respects, on so many issues, was so right on, and in a tone and with a temperament that was so appealing, that I concluded, and I conclude now, that it was Reagan-esque. That it was Reagan-esque. I just thought it was uh, a really special State of the Union speech. I'm not even big on these State of the Union speeches. And if you're a conservative, but for the two aspects that I mentioned, as well as this family leave which he slipped in, you should be pleased with 90% of his speech. And that's pretty damn good. When he talks about faith now, you believe he's a man of faith. When he talks about God, and he does frequently, you believe he's a man who believes in God. And his actions show it. His support for the First Amendment and religious liberty, his support for the Second Amendment, is earnest. It's earnest with him. I know he was a Democrat. I know he was a liberal. But he's not anymore. He doesn't have to play games, and he's not playing games. It was an exceptional speech. And I say that as a conservative. And we'll talk about this a little bit more in a more substantive way, but I want to get to something else. The Democrats. 
not just their conduct, which was appalling. Wasn't one congressman here, one senator there. It was pretty much a united front of hate. And hate for what? Oh, they hate Trump. No question. But it's clear they hate much of what he was saying. And much of what he was saying was quintessentially American. I have to conclude. I will conclude. Despite the pushback I will receive. Now, when you watched that speech last night, as most of you did, there really is a divide. Pro-American versus anti-American. Pro-military versus anti-military. Pro-capitalism versus anti-capitalism. Pro-national security versus anti-national security. Pro-constitution versus anti-constitution. Pro-citizen versus anti-citizen. Pro-Israel versus anti-Israel. Pro-law enforcement versus anti-law enforcement. The Democrats, in ways we've discussed before, but the American people have never seen before, the Democrats, by their own actions or inactions, their own body English, their own facial expressions, their failure to applause, or in some rare instances, their applause, revealed themselves, revealed themselves to be exactly as I say. Now where does this come from? This is the largest political party in the country. It's bigger than the Republican Party in terms of registration. How can you have, now it's not a majority party, but how can you have the largest political party in the country? A plurality. Which has as its motivation and its purpose the destruction of the American spirit, the destruction of the American system, the repudiation of American principles and American history. Where does this come from? How is this possible? Well, this isn't the first society in which such a force existed, and I've told you before. Most of the great people, the great people who we have studied, who've done great things, have said that if the nation, this nation, is to be destroyed, it will be destroyed from within. The Democrat Party has become a party of a particularly nefarious ideology. It's a party of a nefarious ideology that permits no dissent, or at least no dissent that may threaten its core beliefs. It is a party, we're told it's splintering here and there, it's not a party that's splintering. Some of its members, blue-collar workers, farmers, and so forth, maybe having second thoughts about their their membership or their role in the Democrat Party, 
many of whom are Democrats really by heritage, more than anything else. But the Democrat Party, the apparatus of the Democrat Party, the party institutions, the party surrogates, the media, the party mouthpieces, the Praetorian Guard, and so forth and so on, there's no split among them. There's unanimity. There's unanimity. And so what is it that drives this party? Beyond the symptoms, beyond the, the poor behavior, beyond the platitudes that you hear so often, what is it? Well, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to take a step back. And I hope you'll stick with me so you can really understand what's going on here and who these people are. There's a reason why they're in alliance with so many professors, so many so-called intellectuals. There's a reason for this. And the main reason for this is that the Democrat Party, the party apparatus, the party leaders, they reject the American founding. You hear. You hear when they talk about it. How they trash the founders as slave owners. They trash the founders as slave owners as a way of trashing what they created. As a way of trashing the Declaration of Independence. As a way of trashing the Constitution. As a way of trashing capitalism. I know. I read these people. I know who they are. I know what they said. And in lieu of these principles, the idea of individual sovereignty, of the individual, the revering the individual apart from the government, in lieu of this, they believe that the individual can only fully realize himself or herself through a centralized government. I want to talk to you briefly about a German philosopher. I hope you'll stick with me on this. His name is Hegel. And he lived from 1770 to 1831. He was the most important German philosopher for 200 years. There was another German philosopher who stole from him. His name was Karl Marx. And more particularized the Hegel philosophy and applied it to materialism. But I'm not going to talk about Marx right now. I'm talking about Hegel. An enormous influence on Marx and Frederick Engels. But he also, in many ways, is the philosophical father of the American progressive movement. The progeny of which you saw in the spectacle on the Democrat side of the House of Representatives during the President's outstanding State of the Union speech. And there's a reason why you saw them cringing, genuflecting, walking out, sitting still, when you thought they should have been doing the opposite. It's not about Democrat-Republican. It's about their ideology. And this Hegel. 
This is called the period of German idealism. Did you ever learn that in school? Most of you never heard of this. But most tenured professors in the social sciences, in the behavioral sciences, in the political sciences, in the philosophy courses, they are well-read and trained in Hegel. In fact, before Hegel, there was no such thing as social sciences and behavioral sciences and all the rest. And he was very prolific. And he's legendary for developing the philosophy of what he called historical progress. Historical progress. What he said was basically, look, I'm not inventing a new philosophy. I'm describing an existing reality. And what is this reality? The reality, he says, is the history of the world is said to be progress toward conscious freedom and state of harmony. Conscious freedom and state of harmony? What's that? Conscious freedom is based on reason and spiritual principles, meaning self-realization. He doesn't mean religion there. Self-realization. As opposed to tradition and customs and habits. And uh, they subordinate the individual's intellect, reasoning, and reflection, he argues. That is, your faith, your traditions, your customs subordinate reason. You see where he's going with this? So he argued that human development, or the lack thereof, changes from one historical period to the next. Some societies are stuck in their own history. Others progress over time. But the trajectory of history generally is toward the ideal state. I'm taking this from Rediscovering Americanism, but that's okay. It doesn't matter where I'm taking it from, because I wrote it. You see how it's flipped? Individualism, the individual, must abandon all that's come before. The individual must abandon customs, traditions, faith, all of it. If the individual is going to be a person who can progress, who can reason, and so forth. Just get rid of all these ancient rituals. They don't mean anything. Now, you can see where Hegel, if he were around today, would reject our Constitution. He would reject the founders of the country. He would reject the framers of the Constitution, the ratifiers of the Constitution. None of that matters, Hegel would say. None of it matters. The history doesn't matter. The traditions, the print, they don't matter. Because we're reasoning ourselves. We're opening our minds to new possibilities. To what he calls, eventually, a fully developed state. And the fully developed state is the fully developed state of the government and the fully developed state of the individual. And in the end, they're one and the same. Got that? In the end, they're one and the same. And he calls this the final end. I might add that Hitler, in his own way, called it the final solution. But he calls it the final end. So that which appears irrational in a state will eventually be brought into harmony. And the state and the individual will be brought into a united harmony. Now you can see where Marx took off on this, right? Right? Now, 
as far as I know, I could be the only one interested in this in the entire country. As far as I know, millions and millions of you listening to this were looking for something else. As far as I know, this will kill ratings for the week. I don't know. But I think it is absolutely crucial. And I'm going to continue to explain it. We'll be right back. Mark in. can see where Mr. Hegel and his ideology run square into the wall of the Constitution and the founding principles of this nation, as concisely explained in the Declaration of Independence and beyond. The emphasis in our civil society, in our founding, was on the individual, not on the collective. Not on the collective, not on the government. But according to Hegel, you can't emphasize the individual. You got to emphasize this this utopian, large, central state through which the individual finds happiness and fulfillment. Now, I want to talk about this some more because it is more relevant to what took place in the House of Representatives room yesterday than anything else I surmise that anybody else is saying. I will explain to you why they're doing what they're doing. If you'll stay with me, I'll be right back. Mark Levin, speaking to the four out of five Americans who are literate at 877-381-3811. I want to get back to this. So, in the case of Hegel who really is one of the founding fathers of modern-day progressivism. That's why it's important to understand this. He argued that the individual finds his actualization, liberty, happiness, fulfillment, through the state. So the individual is not consumed with his own existence, with his own private affairs, which he called substantive, uh, excuse me, subjective thought. But by way of the state, the individual sees beyond self and becomes a citizen of the state, whose reality is part of a universalized whole and collective life, through which the individual learns what is reasonable, objective thought. And you see, they must surrender their ties to rituals and habits, he argued, to customs if they're truly going to fulfill themselves as one with the state. This is what he called the final end. This is the final end sought by the individual and the state, the consciousness of mind and freedom. And in this way, the individual serves and benefits from the state and vice versa. So that which came before effectively vanishes. It's discarded. Man, listen to the word, progressively moves away from the state of nature to the final end through reason. So you reject Aristotle. You reject Cicero. You reject Locke. You reject Montesquieu. You reject Burke. You reject Adam Smith. You reject Hume. You reject 
the Enlightenment. You reject Reformation. All of that is junk, according to Hegel and Marx and Woodrow Wilson and Bernie Sanders and Kamala Harris and Nancy Pelosi and Robert Reich and on and on and on. Man progressively moves away from the state of nature, from the Declaration of Independence, from the Constitution, from the principles that underlay them. That's the whole point. In the elements of the philosophy of right, Hegel wrote of this ideal state. The state is the realized ethical idea or ethical spirit. It is the will which manifests itself, makes itself clear and visible, substantiates itself. It is the will which thinks and knows. The state finds an ethical custom its direct and unreflected existence. In other words, reject custom and its indirect and reflected existence in the self-consciousness of the individual and in his knowledge and activity. The state, which is the realized substantive will, having its reality in the particular self-consciousness raised to the plane of the universal, is absolutely rational. See, you see, in the end, the state is absolutely rational. The substantive unity is its own motive, an absolute end. In this end, freedom attains its highest right. This end has the highest right over the individual whose highest duty, in turn, is to be a member of the state. Let me repeat that. This end has the highest right over the individual whose highest duty, in turn, is to be a member of the state. So the individual is again subservient to the state, for the state can never attain the lofty utopian heights devised by Hegel, and the individual will never be adequate to the cause. And meanwhile, the individual's independence and free will are absorbed by the state in the name of community and general welfare. This so-called actualized unity of the individual with the ideal state requires the abandonment of the past. Hegel found no relevance at all in the origin and founding principles of a nation, except to understand the next step in the historical process and the synthesizing that comes from what he called dialecticism. In fact, Hegel took a direct shot at the notion of eternal natural law and rights as expressed in our Declaration, as well as the social contract that is the civil society. And of course, these are the bases of America's founding and the Declaration of Independence. He insisted that the only legitimate form of thought involves the application of the science of the state. Now, by the science of the state, we're not talking about what takes place in a lab. The science of the state, the ability of human beings, relatively handful of human beings, to become expert in all things and to determine what's best in each instance for society, for the country, and for the people. So, you might say, well, Mark, everybody knows this doesn't work. Look at these communist regimes and everything. Well, he wasn't a communist because there was no such thing at, the po at that point. It was Marx who followed on, stole a lot from Hegel, reworked it to try to appeal to, quote-unquote, the common man. And Marx took this idea of 
historic dialecticism and turned it into what's called material dialecticism. Okay? Again, I'm not going to do Marx today, but the point is, he talked about the history of economics, that all things relate to economics. All things relate to economics. But like Hegel, you've got to create this all-powerful state. And the people need to relent and conform. And that's how you find your true liberty. And that's how you get your realization. And this is how you become one with the spirit of the state. That's what's going on, ladies and gentlemen, in the Democrat Party. That's what you saw during the course of the State of the Union speech. When Democrats, when Democrats refuse to rise or applaud, when the President of the United States was speaking of quintessentially American values and principles and beliefs. When the President of the United States was talking about securing the nation state on the border. When the President of the United States was talking about tax cuts to strengthen our capitalist, private market-oriented system. When the President of the United States was talking about strengthening our military and getting rid of sequestration. When the President of the United States was talking about faith and religious liberty. When the President of the United States was talking about the Bill of Rights like the Second Amendment. The reason why the Democrats wouldn't stand up is because they no longer share our reverence for our history, our principles, our traditions, and our beliefs. They've abandoned them, and they abandoned them a hundred years ago. And what you're seeing is the progeny of Hegel, the progeny of Woodrow Wilson, the progeny of all these progressives at the turn of the last century and beyond who reject the ideas that are in the Declaration of Independence. That's what's taking place. That's why they don't believe in a nation state. That's why they could care less about a border. They need power. They need power. Whether it's a judicial fiat or a populist election, they don't care. Their goal, their goal is to make you one with the state. So we can achieve what I wrote in another book called a meritopia, this utopian state. Where everyone's pretty much equal, everyone's pretty much happy, everyone's pretty much provided for. You can hear it in Bernie Sanders. You can hear it in Elizabeth Warren. You can hear it in Cory Booker. You can hear it in Schumer. You can hear it in Don Lemon. You can hear it in Jake Tapper. You can hear it in Wolf Blitzer. You can hear it throughout the lineups on MSNBC and CNN, NBC, CBS, and ABC. Most of them are too stupid to understand the source of their truly radical, anti-human ideology. Some of them are unwitting stooges. But it doesn't matter what motivates them. What matters is what they stand for. There is no perfect state. None has ever existed. Not then, not now, not tomorrow. Hegel said the state as a completed reality, is the ethical whole in the actualization of freedom. It is the absolute purpose of reason that freedom should be actualized. The state is the spirit which abides in the world and there realizes itself consciously. 
Well, in nature, it is realized only as the other of itself or a sleeping spirit, only when it is present in consciousness, and it goes on. So it is the state, the power of the state, from which we are to get our liberty. And he does not mean liberty the way we mean liberty. Should I go down that course, Mr. Producer, or is this too monotonous? He does not mean liberty the way we mean liberty. You see, the progressives have an entirely different idea of what liberty means than you do, than I do, than the framers did, than the revolutionaries did, than the ancient Greeks, than the ancient Romans. A totally different idea. Again, it comes out of this German ideological background. What they mean by liberty is something called positivism. Now these words can get confusing, you see, because positivism sounds positive, just like progressivism says, I'm for progress. I like to be positive. So they've developed this entire line of thinking and law, positive law. And basically it comes down to this. There are no moral truths. Law is not to be based on morality. Law is to be based on the science of reason. Pure and simple. Morality is another throwback. It's a throwback to religion and faith. It's a throwback to the founding. It's the thr- You need to expunge yourself of such ancient, quaint, notions the purpose of law is to advance the state the purpose of law is to advance the progressive ideology the purpose of law is to create this ubiquitous utopian state through which each of us each of us will be free truly free and self-realized and in that Society will be truly free and self-realized. So, for the progressive, the left, the machinery of the Democrat Party, liberty is not about your individual liberty. As a matter of fact, your individual liberty is the cog in the wheel. Your individual liberty is the problem. The more you resist, the more you show that you can be successful and self-sufficient, the more you are destructive of this whole idea of liberty through the state, of actualization through the state. The more you are siding with Aristotle and Cicero and the founders and rejecting Hegel, Rousseau, and Marx. And rejecting progressivism. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Dallas, 11 degrees. New York, 9 degrees. Minneapolis, minus 2 degrees. Winter's in full swing, folks, and your HVAC system is working overtime. Now, if you aren't properly maintaining your filters, you're not only breathing unhealthy air, you just might find yourself with no heat and thousands of dollars in repairs. 
Now, there's a better way with FilterBuy.com, America's leading provider of HVAC filters for homes and small businesses. FilterBuy.com carries over 600 different filter sizes, including custom options, all shipped for free within 24 hours. Plus, they're manufactured right here in America because they're owned by an American family. FilterBuy offers a multitude of MERV options, all the way up to hospital grade, so you'll be removing dangerous pollen, mold, dust, and other allergy-aggravating pollution while maintaining and maximizing the efficiency of your system. Right now, you can save 5% when you set up auto delivery, so you never need to think about air filters again. You never need to go to a warehouse store to find them. They come right to your door. They're scheduled, and they're ready to go. Save money. Save time. Breathe better with FilterBuy.com. That's FilterBuy.com. FilterBuy.com. Now, there was another philosopher of whom I am a great fan, and his name was Karl Popper, not to be in any way confused with Karl Marx. And he lived from 1902 to 1994. And he was a very, very harsh, correctly so, critic of Hegel. And he exposed Hegel's illogic. He said, Hegel's intention is to operate freely with all contradictions. All things are contradictory in, in themselves. What he means by that is, Hegel said that society, within society, there will be forces that compete against themselves. One becoming more successful than the other, one victorious over the other. And that is how the process is to work. And that is how the process is to work. And he says, Hegel's intention is to operate freely with all contradictions. All things are contradictory in, himself, in themselves, he insists, in order to defend a position when means the end not only of all science, but of all rational arguments. So he's saying Hegel says to reject all history, all tradition, and all the rest of it for reason. And he says, what does this have to do with reason? And the reason why Hegel wishes to admit contradictions is that he wants to stop rational argument and with it scientific and intellectual progress by making argument and criticism impossible. In other words, one idea defeats another, one idea defeats another, and you keep moving on and on until you reach your perfect society. And uh, what Popper is saying is actually that's not always how it works now, is it? He says, Hegel intends to make his own philosophy proof against all criticism so that it may establish itself as a reinforced dogmatism. And Hegel proved Popper's position when he, among other things, disparaged natural law, eternal truths, divine rights as fundamentally mythological and superficial. And, of course, what also isn't said about Hegel is that he was one of the favorites of the monarchy in Germany. And it just so happens, as Popper points out, that Hegel, despite his ideology, was a mouthpiece for the monarchy. This is why, in the end, he rejected natural law. This is why, in the end, he rejected faith and religion. This is why, in the end, he was who he was. According to Popper, this was all an elaborate ruse. The problem is, ladies and gentlemen, Hegelism, Marxism, they serve 
as the ideological basis for this populist movement called progressivism, which is only populist if it wins the election. If it loses the election, in many ways it's fascistic. It doesn't accept the election, seeks to impose its will through federal district and circuit court judges or the Supreme Court if it can, or a massive administrative state which is created from progressivism. All right, I think we've been pretty heavy. I'll leave it at that. We'll move on. We'll be right back. With a daily fake news dump pouring through your TV, mobile phones and computers, you may have missed some real news like the recent study in the journal Cell Metabolism. Scientists suspected a correlation between growing rates of obesity and processed foods But what this study discovered was that these foods also appear to lead people to overeat. Here's the bottom line. You need fresh fruits and vegetables in your diet, which is why I recommend that you start taking Field of Greens by Brickhouse Nutrition. Just one scoop of Field of Greens has a full serving of real USDA certified organic fruits and vegetables. It helps boost your immunity using antioxidants, prebiotics, and probiotics. This is real food, not some fake supplement lab powder. Just read the nutrition facts panel on the side. Go to BrickHouseLevin.com, that's BrickHouseLevin.com, and you'll get 15% off your first order with the offer code LEVIN. You know you're not going to start cooking fresh fruits and vegetables, so let's not pretend. Just get one full cup of fruits and one full cup of vegetables every day with Field of Greens. Go to BrickHouseLevin.com, BrickHouseLevin.com, offer code LEVIN. He's here. He's here. Now broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Everybody, Mark Levin here. Our number 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. If you're interested in what we discuss, uh, we, while we move on to other issues, uh, we don't reject what we've already talked about. We can, you know, talk about that as well with callers and so forth. So, but we are going to move on to get into some other things. The Fox News is reporting that the House Intelligence Committee memo could be released tomorrow. Well, of course, because I won't be here tomorrow or Friday. Uh, But we'll have some great hosts who will be. But I will be back on Monday. And uh, we can go over it then, should it be released. There's a lot of pushback now from the FBI and intelligence services against this. And I, I find this ironic. They're the very people who are under investigation, and for good reason. Comey, Stroke, Page... McCabe, that's just four. Now, back in August 2015, what's that now, two and a half years ago, August 2015, I I made a statement, and Mr. Producer says actually it was earlier than that, but that's what we found. I was so sick of hearing about The dreamers, the dreamers, the dreamers has applies exclusively to illegal alien children. I said this again two and a half years ago. Cut nine, go. Day in and day out, we're told about the dreamers. Who are the dreamers? Illegal alien children. Well, we have dreamers too. Our children. What about our children? They never talk about our children. Jeb Bush, the Republican establishment, the Democrats, 
What about the impact of illegal immigration? What about the impact of waves and waves and waves of legal immigrants on our children, their job prospects? And we're told, be happy in 2044, you're going to cease to be a white nation. What does that mean? What's with all this racist nonsense? You're going to accept your changes to culture and demographics that damage the jobs and the economy and all the mayhem it creates with the lack of a civilization and Americanization. And you're told there's not a damn thing you can do about it. Worse than that, you're condemned. You're accused of xenophobia. If you dare to say, hey, slow down a minute. Then we're told what kind of words and language we're allowed to use. They're changing the language. Degrowth. Degender. There is no such thing as boys and girls, his and hers. And anything that comes out of your mouth now must have some kind of a bigoted connotation because, you know, we have racism in our DNA. So the left now dictates from the youngest ages to senior citizens what can be said and how it can be said, and even more, who can say it? So this word dreamers, as those of you who've listened to this program over the years know, I've had a problem with. I've actually written about this. That the illegal alien and the illegal alien child is more noble than the American citizen and the child of the American citizen. And so for the past couple of years, I've been trying to undo this, at least to the extent that I, I do it with you, the millions of my listeners. What about our kids? They're dreamers too. I think I've said this as recently as a few weeks ago. But it's something I've put out there in the public mind, in the public discussion, for some time. We just happened to find this from two and a half years ago. We're told about the dreamers. Who are the dreamers? Illegal alien children. Well, we have dreamers too. We, the American citizen, we have dreamers too. I thought the president gave a fabulous speech. And one of the areas people are pointing to is this. Cut 10, go. The United States is a compassionate nation. We are proud that we do more than any other country anywhere in the world to help the needy, the struggling, and the underprivileged all over the world. But as President of the United States, my highest loyalty, my greatest compassion, my constant concern is for America's children, America's struggling workers, and America's forgotten communities. I want our youth to grow up, to achieve great things. I want our poor to have their chance to rise. So tonight, I am extending an open hand to work with members of both parties, Democrats and Republicans, to protect our citizens of every background, color, religion, and creed. My duty and the sacred duty of every elected official in this chamber is to defend Americans, to protect their safety, their families, their communities, and their right to the American dream. Because Americans are dreamers, too. Day in and day out, we're told about the dreamers. Who are the dreamers? Illegal alien children. Well, we have dreamers, too. Our children. 
What about our children? They never talk about our children. Jeb Bush. Exactly. Exactly. And it is a great line and a great point. A great line and a great point. Because it strikes home. We build up the illegal alien. We build up all aliens. And we knock down the American citizen. It's perverse. Absolutely perverse. Where you have public officials who are supposedly representing the American citizenry. Trashing the American citizenry in the name of foreigners. Some of whom haven't even stepped foot in the country yet. Who are portrayed as more noble as we, than we are. As I wrote in an immigration chapter in Liberty and Tyranny 10 years ago, 11 years ago, however long ago that was. And it's true. That's the position of the Democrat Party. And now you understand. Now you know why. If you looked at rediscovering Americanism. You know, the thing about my books is one fits with the next. It's like a puzzle piece. I just take one chunk and try and deal with it. The next chunk, the next chunk. So when I'm dead and gone, the volumes will be out there for anybody who cares, if anybody cares, as I walk through it piece by piece by piece. And this is the fact. The fact is that the progressives, by hook or by crook, have to reject Americanization. They reject assimilation. They reject the boundaries of a nation state. They have found that the quickest way to accomplish their ends is right now through immigration, by changing the voter. By changing the voter. And by propagandizing to you, believe it or not, that you are inferior to people who've come here illegally. That you don't want to work, they want to work. That their jobs that are just too dirty for you, no jobs are too dirty for them. That's incredible. We, the American people who've built this nation, who've built other nations, who've saved other nations from tyranny, we won't pick our own lettuce. Now, of course, we will pick our own lettuce, and we mostly do pick our own lettuce. But if in our market system you're going to pay somebody under the table and they, they're able to evade our tax system, they're able to evade all the uh, deductions that come out of their paychecks, and it's a cash basis and everything else, and then we're told, hey, farmers need these people. I say BS. If everybody is serious about competing for labor... There would be no minimum wage. Instead, what the Democrats and the rhinos do is they bring people into this country who are not bound to the minimum wage. And the American citizen is bound to the minimum wage. And then they say they won't work for us. Right. Right. Because you've taught people the minimum wage is 11 bucks, 12 bucks. So it ought to be 15 bucks when you're going to pay them two bucks. Yes. And when is enough enough? How many people are picking lettuce out there? 12 million? Are these 11 million? And listen to the stereotype of the left and the rhino. I'm not saying this. This is what they say. Hey, look, who's going to pick the lettuce? John McCain once said. Well, then, there ought to be a hell of a lot of lettuce in this country, don't you think, Mr. Producer? There ought to be lettuce everywhere. 
It ought to be nearly for free. It ought to be cheap as hell. Lettuce, lettuce everywhere. When you have 20, 30 million people here illegally, apparently they're all picking lettuce. According to leftists, the media, and rhinos. But that's not true. We know that's not true. Some illegal aliens work. Some don't. Some are on welfare. Some aren't. So why paint the picture of the dreamer? Why paint the picture of the more noble human being? Because the ends justify the means, and this is propaganda. It's propaganda. Now, I don't need a State of the Union speech to tell me that my children are dreamers too, and your children are dreamers too, which is why I brought the point up not just two and a half years ago, three, four, five years ago, which is why I've written about this point. The propaganda, the language that they force us to use. Now everybody uses it. When we're talking about 1.8 million dreamers. Oh, they're all dreamers? Some of them are a nightmare. Like any other group of people. Doesn't matter. Dreamers. What about my kids? How many times have I explained this, Mr. Producer? Fifty? What about my kids? What about your kids? They're dreamers too. Well, they don't matter. We want the dreamers, you see. And of course, if you understand the ideology and the approach of the left, that is the progressives and the Democrats, what the president proposed was never going to work. 1.8 million that's a joke to them. Are you kidding us? 1.8, 3.6, 11 million. I mean, doesn't matter to them. They're into fundamental transformation. They're into building the biggest, best utopian state you can possibly imagine. It doesn't matter who's here. It doesn't matter why they're here. It doesn't matter what their backgrounds are, their cultures are, their histories are, whether they assimilate or not. Why should, according to the progressive, this is crucially important, please. Why should... The progressive, whether it's in colleges or universities, whether they're in Hollywood, whether they're in the media, the Democrat Party, wherever they are, why should they push for the assimilation of an alien, or worse yet, the Americanization of an alien, when they reject it themselves? When they reject the founding, when they reject the Declaration, when they reject the Constitution, for Hegelism and Marxism and Rousseauism and the, all the other isms. Of course they don't want assimilation. Of course they don't want Americanization. And of course they dumb down the whole idea of citizenship. Because it's based on these old rituals and ideas, you know. I'll be right back. And I don't even like lettuce that much, to tell you the truth. But who picked the strawberries? Well, I'm not into strawberries either. Ladies and gentlemen, I have something very cool to tell you. March 7th. March 7th, which is a little over a month away. Isn't that the day, uh, officially, that the deputy FBI director resigns? Maybe that's March 6th. Whatever. But in honor of March 7th, which is... My two-year anniversary with Levin TV, a show that I founded, CRTV, co-founded, 
in honor of that date, we are now set up to give you $20 off for a, for new Levin TV customers. For new Levin TV customers. Now's the time to jump in. It's a $99 annual subscription fee, which is, what, 8 bucks a month, something like that? But you'll get 20% off, $20 off. That's a big deal for us. So if you've been thinking about giving it as a gift, you've been thinking about using it yourself, you've been thinking about giving it to your kid, or maybe you have you know, a hero veteran or police officer among your family members, now's the time to do it because it's $79 a month. You know what $79 is? That's a nice meal. But here you have it all year long. You can watch Levin TV and all the other shows on CRTV. Just call 844-LEVIN-TV, 844-L-E-V-I-N-TV, and mention promo code, listen, LEVIN2. My last name, L-E-V-I-N, the number 2. Promo code LEVIN2. So I hope you'll check it out now. It's only going to last up until, I believe, and including March 7th. Thereabouts is my understanding, but why wait? And I and my wonderful crew spend a lot of time producing our program. We do about 200 shows a year. That's no joke. And you've got other wonderful shows on CRTV, too. So this is our little, not so little anymore, this is our alternative conservative media network that we've created using modern technology and platforms. And you have devices... Uh, you have certain software on your smart TV you may not even be aware of. We'll tell you how to set it up, how to watch me every night, how to watch my colleagues every night. We're very, very easy user. We're user-friendly. So give us a call, 844-LEVIN-TV, and say promo code LEVIN2, promo code LEVIN2. And that way you'll get the uh, 20 bucks off. You can give it as a gift. Or if you're not a member yet, we strongly want to encourage you to join. And by the way, it is growing leaps and bounds. It is. There's so many ways to watch Levin TV. I mean, you can watch it on your iPhone. You can watch it on your iPad. You can watch it on your laptop. You can watch it on your computer. You can watch it on your smart TV. You can watch, I I don't even know, Amazon 2. There's so many technologies. I don't even know what they all do. But if you have one, they'll tell you what to do. Make it very, very easy. So in other words, you don't have to rely on networks or satellite or even cable anymore. I try to explain this to uh, radio executives uh, throughout the country when I go to these radio events too, the talker events, that you need to pay attention to your audience. If you take a program and you delay it two or three or four hours and then you preempt it, once a week or twice a week on an AM station or FM state, you're going to lose your audience. So do your very, very best to cater to the audience. It's the same thing with TV. It's the same thing with TV. And so you don't have to actually sit down and watch a TV in your house to watch Levin TV, although you can if you have a smart TV, and we'll show you how to do it. But you can watch it anytime you want. We're over 400 episodes in two years. 
over 400 episodes in two years. So you can cherry pick, pick and choose what you like. But we try and make each show better than the next. I have a great show tonight, too, by the way. So check us out, 844-LEVIN-TV, 844-LEVIN-TV, and tell them, hey, LEVIN2, promo code LEVIN2, I want 20 bucks off for my new membership, or I want to gift it to somebody. I'll be right back. The pool feed for the conservative media. Dive in now. 877-381-3811. Let's take some calls here. All right. Let us see here. I'm looking, looking, looking. I'm looking, looking, looking. Kurt, Norman, Oklahoma on the Mark Levin app. How are you, sir? I'm doing wonderful this evening, Mr. Levin. How are you? Very well. Thank you, sir. All right. Hey, I just wanted to call and encourage you this evening because uh, I know sometimes you feel like when you do these shows, when you get really deep into philosophical issues and things like that, that you may be losing people. But I can't tell you how much I appreciate that you do that and that you educate us and that you are giving us insight on things. And, and the thing is, you're not doing it in a way to aggrandize yourself. You're just, you're just informing people on this is the way the men who founded this country thought, and this is the thought that we've gotten so far away from. I mean, nobody else out there is talking about the Hegelian dialectic. Nobody else is talking about how all, all these different things are, are taking place. And so I just want to thank you again and tell you how much I appreciate it. And I also wow. just uh, <laughs> want to tell you how much I appreciate how you've helped me to be able to articulate the values of capitalism because I have two young sons and I'm constantly reminding them why they're so privileged to live where they do mm-hmm. and to be growing up in the country that they are with the, the, the endless possibilities that are in front of them. And because of what I've learned in listening to you and, and how you've helped me to articulate these things, it helps me to pass that on to them, and I, and I thank you for that as well. Well, aren't you nice? Thank you very much. I really appreciate that. And, look, I can't change who I am, but I do wonder sometimes, Mr. Producer will tell you, because I'm in this cloistered environment where I broadcast from, and I'm thinking, well, I can't I can't gauge anybody's reaction, but I'll just keep plowing ahead, you know? Yeah, and, and I, I think, you know, especially for conservatives nowadays, we're told all the time, that our way of thinking is outdated. Nobody else feels like we do. And, and you know, and I just, I refuse to believe that because that's not what I see. I don't see that in people. And I just don't see that in, in, in general. And I realize there are areas where it's prevalent. But I think for the most part, you know, people are starting to, they're starting to push back against all of what we've been told for these last few years and the direction that the country has tried to been moved to. And uh, I just think it's, it's you know, it's... You know, it's, you, know uh, you make a great point, because the survey done by CBS after uh, the speech showed that roughly 75% of the people who heard it liked it. And then they broke down other percentages where people really liked a lot of what the president had to say. And can you imagine if we took the filter off from CNN and MSNBC and all the rest of them, and we were able to have a direct dialogue through these other, uh, you know, news and other opinion platforms. 
which are controlled by the progressives pretty much, and can engage the left on these ideas and so forth. Can you imagine? I think I think we would be able to turn things around, but they control these these uh, uh, these levers of power and information, making it much more different difficult. Which is why they try and crush a Fox News or try and crush from time to time talk radio or individuals who broadcast in these various uh, fora and so forth. Well, and again, that's that's why I appreciate so much what you're doing because. You know, I, I have a job where I spend a lot of time in a vehicle on the road during the day, so I listen to a lot of talk radio. And for the most part, a lot of it's very entertaining, and, and I like to listen to it, and I get some things here and there. But when I come home in the evening and when I put your program on, that's when it becomes time for serious intellectual discourse. And that's where the meat and the potatoes are. And I just want to say thank you again. And uh, I hope to get to call you again sometime. I've got so many things I'd love to talk to you about. I know our time is limited. So, well, just, you're uh, very, very kind. What do you do? Uh, well, I work in the meteorology field, and really? I'm in Oklahoma. Yeah. yeah. And so I, I travel all over the state, and I, uh, I service meteorological sensing sites. How about that? I don't want to get you in trouble, but I get the drift. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you, sir. I really appreciate your call. It's very uplifting. Thank you. Speaking of uplifting, Hillsdale College, do you have a free subscription to Imprimus? If not, here's your chance to join a community of 3.7 million conservative Americans who read Imprimus every single month. And as always, it's free as part of Hillsdale College's efforts to help all Americans pursue truth and defend liberty. You can subscribe right now for absolutely no charge ever. At levinforhillsdale.com, that's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. Now, my site features the Imprimus edition by my dear friend, Dr. Larry Arn. He's the president of Hillsdale and the world's leading scholar on Winston Churchill. And Dr. Arn shares three key lessons we can all learn from Churchill. It's yours for free at levinforhillsdale.com. Dr. Arn tells the inspiring story about Churchill's courage and what you and your children can learn from him about making wise choices. This terrific piece appears only in Imprimus, the free monthly speech digest from Hillsdale College. Imprimus is one of the most widely read publications in the nation, with a larger circulation than the New York Times or the Wall Street Journal. It features the very best in conservative thought from heroes of the cause. Read this inspiring edition. Start receiving Imprimus free every month. Go to levinforhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. All right. Let's take another call here. Uh, let us go to Mike, Springfield, Illinois, the great WTAX. Go. Hey, Mark. Uh, out here listening to you and absolutely fascinated with your discussion of Hegel. As I watched the speech last night and particularly the reaction of the Democrat, I was struck and my mind went to John F. Kennedy's inaugural address, famous for uh, what, you know, as not, and so forth. But in that speech, he talked about two competing forms of government, one in which the rights of man derive from God and the other in which we are at odds where the rights of man derive from the state. Mm -hmm. He, of course, was in a Cold War context talking about the Soviet Union. But I sat and I watched those Democrats and I thought how far they have moved and transgressed and transformed themselves into something absolutely contrary to what John F. Kennedy talked about in his inaugural address. 
And I almost fell out of the chair when I realized that the, and I didn't know it until afterwards, that Joe Kennedy would be delivering the response. The <laughs> irony was just so thick. And I, it's probably not Look, the radical left within the Democrat Party is now the Democrat Party. Yes, absolutely. And they are what the Soviet Union was to the United States government. They are now, they have become that from within the United States. And, I, and I, it's, it's fascinating because it's all about the material and the power, and they don't care. I heard you talking about the Dreamers and, and the 1.8 million, how it's not going to make, and it's not going to make any difference. And I know it's a great political move and a great line to extend the, to extend the hand to, mm-hmm. uh, to these Democrats. They're not going to take the hand. Nope. They have to be defeated at the ballot box. Thank you for waking me up. I have not listened to your show. I'm brand new. Um, and I Thank was, you. I was listening to it and I thought about these things last night. I've been dwelling on it all day. And here I turn on the radio and there's this discussion of Hegel who I hadn't read in years. And I thought, that's it. That's mm-hmm. it. And all you did was provide the background and foundation and the reminder of what I was already thinking. And so thank you. Well, thank you, sir. Thanks for listening. Spread the word. I've been around for about 15 years. So uh, welcome, welcome, welcome. The more the merrier. I much appreciate it. We're getting some great callers tonight. Let's continue. Uh, Nicole, St. Louis, Missouri, the great KFTK, a liberal. Go right ahead. How are you? Um, hello. I am a um, progressive, and I just have some questions. When I listen to our talk radio, whether it's... Um... Okay, let me, let me slow you down because you're progressive and you don't understand me. I'm not all talk radio. I'm a single individual human being. What would you like to ask me about me and what I say? Okay. Um... I um, had talked called the Mark Levine show, and I am I am Mark Levine. I was I, what I was asking was as a nation, why do we have to criticize each other, and also why do we have to talk about past presidents and past presidential candidates? Why can't we move forward? Since Trump is doing so well, why can't we just move? I forward? don't have a problem with moving forward, but you do need to know. The, the basis for the founding of the nation and if what does moving forward mean? Does moving forward mean more government? Does moving forward mean a different kind of government? Does moving forward mean securing our borders? Does moving forward mean allowing illegal aliens to become citizens? So I hear this phrase, let's move forward, and I don't know what that means. That means what does that mean? Don't keep talking about the past. Well, I have to talk somewhat about the past. I mean, frankly, leftists talk about the past all the time, don't they? But I'm talking, I'm listening to your radio station. I'm not listening yeah. to their radio station. Well, they don't I have one for the most part because they failed. I, urban views fail? Well, the, the, tell me, where's the liberal radio stations in America? Progressive. Radio is on. Um, well, I don't mean the call letters. There aren't many. The reason there aren't many is because nobody wants to listen to it. Oh, so you're going to be negative also. No, I'm not negative. I'm realistic. Look, I'm not a pom-pom girl or boy, and uh, just because you want us to... uh, Well, what do you mean by moving forward? Let's try that. Um, You're not going to understand anyway. Oh, now you're being negative. No, I'm not. I'm trying. Well, you're putting me down. You say I won't understand. 
I'm pretty smart, you know. I, I, I graduated Phi Beta Kappa. I graduated college at a very young age. I'm just saying, try me. I might be able to figure it out. Go ahead. What does moving forward mean? What What does moving forward mean? It means let's get to Trump's policies and work with his policies and talk about his policies instead of talking about the policies in the past. Okay, go ahead. Talk about it. We, he's changed a lot of policies, and I'm not saying that he's the worst president in the world. That's not what I'm saying. I was just asking a question, and I was just saying... I'm trying to figure it out. I'm not sure what you're asking. Go ahead. Oh, no, no, thank you, because you're talking really crazy. <laughs> I'm really not talking crazy. <laughs> I wanted to know what she's talking about. Was I okay there, Mr. Producer? I thought I was kind of nice, actually. I'm very nice. If you ever meet me on the street, I'm very nice. I thought I was very nice to that call. I don't know what moving forward means for a progressive. She said, did she say she's a progressive? I think she did. Well, what does that mean, we're moving forward? And I asked, I thought politely. She said I wouldn't understand. Then I had to use the education card. Didn't work. Wasn't impressed. All right. I'll be right back. Lovin. Now, you like trivia? What British-styled shirts have I been raving about all year? Matter of fact, more than a year. Now, you know this one. I wear them on TV and the meetings and social events. They're literally my favorite dress and business casual shirts. Now, if you said CT shirts, you're right. And my friends at CT shirts tell me I have the best-dressed listeners in America. That's because you guys purchase more CT shirts than any other radio program in the United States. Now, that includes you out there, right? Well, no. A lot of you still haven't jumped in. I don't know what's holding you back. So, CT shirts are British-styled using the softest, most exquisite fabrics ever. Worker casual, tie or no tie, tucked or untucked, when you're wearing a CT shirt, you look great and you know it. So let me help you get started. One CT shirt normally costs 100 bucks, right? But right now, you'll get three. Three for just $99. That's 60% off. And CT shirts come with free delivery, a six-month, a.k.a. half a year quality guarantee, and free returns. I mean, that is really a special deal. And if you hurry, 99 bucks gets you three amazing CT shirts. Go to ctshirts.com slash Levin. CTShirts.com slash L-E-V-I-N. That's CTShirts.com slash Levin. And you, sp- you wives out there, girlfriends out there, kids looking for presents for dad's birthday or whatever. And, of course, you men out there, this is a great shirt. And this is a great deal. And it's free delivery and a six-month quality guarantee and free returns, 60% off. Three shirts for 99 bucks, and they are great shirts. You won't find shirts like this anywhere else, seriously. Check it out. That's ctshirts.com slash L-E-V-I-N Levin. 
Dave, Detroit, Michigan, Sirius Satellite, go. Hey, you doing, Mark? Okay, thank you. All right, I want to, before I jump into the Dreamers thing, I want to just give that progressive a little what's up of why we talk about the past. is because the past builds everything up to where we're at now as a nation. Mm-hmm. Exactly right. That's why we talk. I, I don't even understand the point. I know I spent a whole hour, hour and a half on this. Um, and why shouldn't we look at the past? There's a lot of great things in the past that we should hold on to and a lot of things in the past that we should reject. Yeah, there's a uh, lot of great people back then. Why, why do we revere our parents? Why do we revere our grandparents? Why do we revere our ancestry? Because we learn things from these people. Anyway, go right ahead and love them, of course. All right. As far as the dreamers thing goes, I, I drive a truck for a living. I see it every day. I move What furniture. do you see, dreamers all over the place? But they're everywhere. Hmm. Every time I live in Virginia, I live in Stafford, not too far from you. I know where that is. My wife works in Woodbridge. Mm-hmm. She's got MS-13 people working at her office. Unbelievable. It is unbelievable. Why are we? Why do we have this? Don't we have a constitution? Uh, no, we actually, in many respects, as I point out, live in a post-constitutional period, and this is part of the problem where we have uh, cities and states that nullify immigration laws, and the left uh, encourages it. We have federal judges that encourage it. So we call them sanctuary cities, but these are really confederacies, if you will. San Francisco isn't a sanctuary city. It's a confederacy, Uh, and that goes for all these other cities. We allow them to use language, their candy coats, their roguish behavior, and their lawlessness, and I'm not buying it. I'm not dealing with it. No, me neither. And Trump last night, President Trump, when he said the Americans are dreamers, that hit home with me. I'm a mm-hmm. dreamer. I have been since I was three. I've always wanted to drive a truck. Mm-hmm. My kids my kids are dreamers. Of course. My neighbor's kids are dreamers. They're dreamers themselves. It's a point are, I've been making for years. You're quite right. Are we added into that conversation. Why do we have to be the ones to give up everything to bring other people in that shouldn't even be here anyway? Mm-hmm. But because they're, they're future here, Democrats, that's why. If they're here, make them get on the back of the bus. Yeah, well, all right. You're getting carried away with your with your phraseology. That will be provocative. But what you're saying is get in line with everybody else. And, of course, you're right, but, you know, the president says he wants 1.8 million uh, citizens now, which I, I absolutely reject. All right, my friend, thank you for your call. Excellent call. Teresa Newton, New Jersey, the great WABC. Go ahead. Hi, Mark. I just wanted to call and let you know the impact that your book, Ameritopia, has had on my uh, high school daughter. Uh, I homeschool her. She's a junior in high school, and I had her read Ameritopia to um, cover the great, some, a few of the great thinkers. Um, but because of that book, she has now been able to synthesize the study of history with the study of uh, major thoughts. Well, thank you, thank you. I much appreciate that. Wonderful. I, my best to your daughter, too. Broadcasting from the underground command post. 
deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Everybody, Mark Levin here. Our number eight seven seven three eight one three eight one one eight seven seven three eight one three eight one one. Right before the president finished his uh, fabulous speech, in fact, I posted on Facebook and Twitter that I thought it was an outstanding speech, despite some of my disagreements with a couple of his issues, big issues, but still, still a fabulous speech. I also said that the Democrats looked completely out of touch, and the media were obliterated. Now, what do I mean by that? The media have attempted to paint this president. I just listened to our network news. I don't know if you all get it out there, going on about this porn star and was she paid, and if she was paid, did it violate the elections? The reporting in this country is tawdry. It is ideological. It is unethical. It is unprofessional. And when you consider we have freedom of the press in our First Amendment to the Constitution and our Bill of Rights, the people who are currently sitting in these positions of public trust are destroying the First Amendment. They are destroying that part of the First Amendment that protects press freedom. They are abusing it. They're abusing uh, the platforms that they're on. I mean, they're free to do it. There's nothing we can do about it. There's nothing the government should do about it. But they're losing losing viewers and losing listeners. Because you are not covered by the First Amendment. You are free to turn them off. And that's how you punish them. But it's gotten so completely out of hand. And the one thing the Trump presidency, first the Trump candidacy, but now the Trump presidency has done, has exposed them. Because they cannot control themselves. When they talk about Trump being deranged, it is they who are being deranged. When they talk about Trump's unethical behavior, it is their unethical behavior. They see so much in the deceit and propaganda that they seek to project on Trump in themselves. There are also Democrats. Um, who are actually elected, rather than serving as pretend journalists and hosts, who are as loathsome as they get. There's this guy, Joe Crowley. He's a big, dumb guy. And he's also a member of the House of Representatives. So big, dumb guys need representation too, apparently. Did anything Donald Trump said during the State of the Union address, strike you in the slightest way as racist? Of course not. But listen to this fool. Cut six, go. Uh, The president failed yesterday once again to show leadership or a vision uh, for our great nation. And when too many Americans are struggling economically, we deserve a real leader with both a vision for our future and the capacity to lead us there. I know what you're all saying about the unemployment rate, particularly among African Americans and Hispanic uh, citizens. I know what you're all saying, how he's trying to create a growth environment for our economy and kill all these job-killing regulations. I know what you're all saying. 
But this is a guy who's completely out of touch. It doesn't matter to him. They're like zombies with their ideology, their progressive ideology. Zombies who just say the same thing over and over again, one big lie after another. Doesn't matter the circumstances, doesn't matter what's happening to the economy. It doesn't matter. They just say the same thing over and over again. As an example, go ahead. From his racist, demonizing comments on immigrants to the complete lack of any mention, any mention in relation to securing our democracy from the Russian government. Well, this is fascinating to me. Does anybody remember Obama in the face of the Russians trying to effect our elections, saying anything about anything? No. In fact, he wouldn't. And it occurred on his watch. Let me repeat it. For the dummy journalists out there, the attempt by the Russians to interfere with our election, which failed, but the attempt to interfere with our election was, in fact, an event that occurred during the Democrat administration, Obama. It occurred when they ran the intelligence agencies. It occurred when they ran the Justice Department. It occurred when they ran the FBI. So if the Russians succeeded in interfering with our election, which is the argument, then it's on Obama. Then it's on Susan Rice. Then it's on Loretta Lynch. Then it's on Jim Comey. Then it's on Brennan and Clapper and all the rest of them. You big dumb moron. May I say. No mention of Russia. Tell me when the prior president of the United States gave his State of the Union addresses. Did he mention Benghazi? Did he? Did he mention what occurred on his watch under his nose at the IRS? Did he? Of course not. Did he mention any of those things? No. But the president didn't mention Russia. The racist demonizing comments on immigrants. Did I not hear the president of the United States, which would have been against my advice, recommending citizenship for 1.8 million illegal aliens? Does that sound racist to you? Does that sound racist to you? Go ahead. The speech wasn't new. It wasn't good. Now, that's enough, you big slob. Don't want to hear from Joe Crowley. Now, let's go to Kamala Harris. Now, Kamala Harris, you see, wants to be president. And, of course, she's highly qualified to be president. How? I don't know. She was Attorney General of California, which is a one-party state. So she's qualified to be president. Cory Booker, qualified to be president. Why? I don't know why. They have a very, very weak farm team. And yet, here they are. And they drag out Joe Biden and his dentures. Talking him up. What's he? 75, 78? I don't know. I remember when Reagan ran when he was 69. My God, he's too old. He's too old. He's a youngster compared to these people. Kerry, 74 years old. He doesn't look a day over 73. John Kerry, now he's thinking about running for president. Which country? Syria? I don't know. Iran? Surely not ours. Here's Kamala Harris. Cut seven, go. Cut seven, MS-13 go. MS-13 is an example of some of the worst of criminal gang behavior. To equate 
that with dreamers and stop stop see see dreamers ms13 use the word dreamers at all times ladies and gentlemen or you're a racist bring up ms13 in the context of discussion about securing our border you're a racist how do i know kamala harris has said so joe crowley he said so too so you got to learn how to speak the language you got to learn how to be a leftist. Go ahead. Was completely irresponsible. And it was scapegoating. And it was fear-mongering. Hey, dummy. May I call you dummy? I think I will call you dummy. Because you sound like a dummy. I don't care who you are, dummy. Did I not hear Donald Trump said he wants to give a pathway to citizenship to 1.8 million dreamers using the language of the left? Did he not? Yes, he did. And yet, they're saying that he's demonizing all these dreamers by referring to MS-13. They are incoherent, they are buffoonish, and they are ignorant, these leftists, including Kamala. May I call you Kamala? Go ahead. And it was wrong. It was wrong. It was wrong technically in terms of the nature and character of these populations. Ah, shut up. Monotonous. Then there's somebody called Sonny, is it Houston or Houston? We have no clue. We don't watch The View. Who the hell watched that stupid show? They got that Yenta on there. What's the Yenta that used to be on WABC? Joy Behua. Joy Behua is on there. Joy Behua. And she knows everything. She knows everything. Joy Behua. And then Whoopi Goldberg. The hell will you go with the name Whoopi for? Whoopi? You know, Whoopi Goldberg said, is this a joke? Whoopi? Anyway, Sunny Halston Houston, she's on The View. Cut eight, go. I thought this speech was very divisive. No, you did it? You really? You thought it was divisive? Sure. Go ahead. I thought in parts it was very offensive. Well, when he said Americans are dreamers too, I would say... Yeah, very offensive, you see. It's very offensive when you're, you call Americans dreamers too, ladies and gentlemen. What did I tell you in the first hour? You really ought to go back and listen to it if you have time. These progressives, wittingly and unwittingly, and many of them unwittingly, but it doesn't matter why, they really do look at the world differently than you and I. America is a horrible, horrible place, except when you call them on it, they get offended. All these immigrants and would-be immigrants want to come to this horrible, horrible place that is divisive. Want to make America white again. Where there's economic inequality. Where there's social injustice. Where there's environmental petulance. Where there's this, that, and the other thing. Yet people keep flooding across our border. I'll never understand it. They keep flooding across our border to come to an America that the Democrats describe as the worst thing on the face of the earth. Now, why is that? Because America is not as the Democrats describe it. That's why. That's why. Go ahead. The DACA bill has bipartisan support. It has the support of America. And for this president to conflate the dreamers... That's with- slow down. You want to talk about conflating Sonny Houston Houston? Do you understand the difference between DACA and Dreamers? No, you don't. Conflate the Dreamers with gang members. So this is the mantra now. 
So here the president wants to make not seven or 800,000 DACA members legalized. He wants to make 1.8 million, including those DACA members, citizens. And this is evidence of him being a racist and anti-Hispanic, you see, because he mentions MS-13 for the purpose of securing our border. Let me tell you something, Sonny Houston Halston. Let me tell you something, Kamala Harris. Let me tell you something, big dumb Joe Crowley. If one of your family members was brutally murdered by an MS-13 gang member, I don't think you'd be talking this way. I don't think you'd be talking this way at all. And this I know is a matter of fact and logic. Or as Kamala Harris would say, as a matter, technically, I know for a fact. If MS-13 gang members weren't here, a number of people wouldn't be killed and raped and otherwise maimed. That we know for a fact. And you see, she's qualified to be the next president of the United States. No, she's not. I'll be right back. Gentlemen, I will not be here tomorrow, Thursday. I will not be here the day after Friday. I will be back Monday. Well, Sunday's an important day, right? Throughout the country, it's an important day, Sunday. In fact, throughout the world, it's an important day. But this Sunday will be particularly interesting, I think. Once again, the Philadelphia Eagles are the underdog. The New England Patriots are supposed to win in a walk. Well, I'm curious to know what you think. Oh, Mark, you're taking a turn on us. Yes, I am. Yes, we can. So, Mr. Producer, Mr. Call Screener, I want you to thank all the wonderful people who are waiting. And I have a question for you out there, Levinites. What are you thinking about this game? I'm no Stephen A. Smith, but here we are. The Patriots or the Eagles? If it's the Patriots and the Eagles, how many points if you were betting? All right, you're going to have to clear the board there, Mr. Call Screener. Hello, hello, hello. I can't get any calls if you don't. Now, what do I think? Well, I think the Eagles are the underdog. They're clearly the underdog. If they can do one thing and do it well... They can win the game. One thing and do it well, they can win the game. And that is get the Tom Brady. That's been shown in the past. Get the Tom Brady and the, the Patriots offense obviously breaks down. Now, you got to assume Belichick knows that's what they're going to do with Cox and the others. They're going to try and get the Tom Brady. If they blitz a lot, you know he's going to have a few targets out there, a few outs that he's going to throw to. Notice that I'm not a, uh, well, notice that I believe ladies out there, as well as men out there, might be interested in this. I'm a renaissance man. This is what I do. Not really. Now, what's interesting, also, is the Philadelphia Eagles got to this point, even though their superstar quarterback hurt his knee several games ago. Let me put it to you this way. 
if the Eagles who beat the Minnesota Vikings, Vikings show up on Sunday, I think they're going to win. But if it's the Eagles who had a few ugly games, well, then they're going to lose. But if they're on their game, they can win. If they get to Brady, they can win. They're going to have to watch those receivers and watch the backs coming out. Uh, uh, but uh, we'll see what happens. And by the way, the Washington Redskins, I want to congratulate them. Do you know why I'm congratulating them, Mr. Producer? They got a new quarterback. Do you know who they got? No, Cousins is their existing quarterback. They got Smith from Kansas, uh, from Kansas City. Now, their talent is fairly equal. Smith is a better runner. But here's the problem. Cousins wanted like $30 million. He would be way overpaid, be pushing him closer to the salary cap. And, you know, you got to build what's called a team. It's not like Cousins carries this team into the playoffs and even better, into the Super Bowl. He hasn't carried him anywhere. And I am also a Redskins fan. Oh, yes, yes, I'm a Redskins fan. One of the reasons is I like the way the owner sticks to his guns with the name of the Redskins. But I like the owner, too. I believe he's one of us. The staff is, too. Now, that said, he wants to win. And I don't think you win with Cousins. Not seven and nine. Well, look at all the injuries the Redskins had. Well, a lot of teams had a lot of injuries, including the Eagles. Oh, I know there's some of you saying, you know what, I'm, I'm, I'm done. I'm, I'm going to go have a pizza. I got it. I got it. I won't be back till Monday, the Super Bowl Sunday. This is what I choose to do for the next 30 minutes. I'll be right back. Mark Levin, America's passionately cerebral voice. Talk with that voice now, 877-381-3811. Well, the, uh, the call screen's filling up very, very quickly on this topic. Let me just say this, by the way, very quickly. The FBI is expressing grave concerns about the release of the FISA abuse memo, the FISA abuse memo by the House Intelligence Committee Republicans, that is, the committee, the majority, because they're concerned about its accuracy. And now some of the intelligence organizations are to release it. This is being released because of the FBI, because of the intelligence agencies, because of the Obama administration. How will you ever, ever inform the American people about what took place here? And you know what? The objections are so over the top that... On the one hand, they tell us there's nothing here, don't believe it, it's talking points. On the other hand, look how desperately areas of our government don't want to release. Release it. We'll be just fine. Just fine. I don't believe a majority of the Republicans, all the Republicans on the House Intelligence Committee would vote to release a memo that endangers America. That much I don't believe. And I'll tell you another point. Everything we know now about what took place at the FBI, the senior levels of the FBI, is no thanks to the FBI. No thanks to most of the media. It's like pulling teeth. 
So now they're going to wrap themselves in patriotism, wrap themselves in national security when they're leaking like a sieve over there, when they obstructed, undermined the Hillary Clinton investigation, when they unleashed a bogus investigation against the sitting president. No, 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 no. Release the damn memo. Besides, we're told it doesn't have any meaning and it's partisan. So what do they care? Which is it? Classified and damning or irrelevant and partisan? Anyway, I want to tell you about a great group, PM Capital. Did you know that in 1925, an ounce of gold was worth 20 bucks? It would buy two suits and a shirt. Well, times have changed since then. We no longer carry a gold coin in our pocket as money. The government made us exchange that a long time ago for a $20 bill. And if you had that coin, you know it's worth more than 20 bucks, right? Of course you do. That's why you would not use it as money for another reason. PM Capital is in the wealth preservation business. Keeping your buying power is their goal. Now, investors know that it's not what you have, it's what you keep. Today, if I want to buy two suits and a shirt and use the $20 bill, well... Remember that? The $20 bill that you would have received with your gold coin? It might buy a pair of socks. But I had my one ounce gold coin. It would still be, it, it, you'd still be able to buy two suits and a shirt. That's called preserving your buying power. Don't you want to keep what you have? Learn more by claiming your free PM Capital Investor Guide and for a limited time, limited time, receive $500 on free gold or silver. On qualifying purchases. $500 in free gold or silver in qualifying purchases. The point is to diversify. To have some gold. To have some silver. Now I fancy gold. Just because I like it. All you have to do is call them. And they're there right now. And we have a very special easy way to do it. Pound 250. That's it. Pound 250. And say the keyword Mark Levin. And then you'll get through to our specialists. That's pound 250, keyword Mark Levin. Dial pound 250, pound 250, say Mark Levin. There are specialists standing by right now. They'll explain everything to you. And it is important to diversify. The stock market won't go up forever. It's taking a few hits right now. I'm not saying don't be in the stock market through your pension and so forth. I'm saying don't be there exclusively. Diversify. When one goes up, one typically goes down and so forth. So... You want to protect yourself and be wise about it, and this is certainly one of the ways to do it. And PM Capital is an outstanding organization. My buddy Scott Carter is one of the principals there. Let's take some calls, shall we? Yes, we can. Tony, Gainesville, Florida, the great WSKY. Go. I, you asked about the Patriot game and the Eagles? Yes, I'll take yes. the, I'll take the Patriot for a couple of reasons. All right, I'm not a bookie now. Just tell us why. Well, because you had Belichick and uh, Brady. This isn't their first rodeo down here, so they, they play well together. And the most important thing is my cousin's a great wide receiver on that team. Your cousin? Who did you say? I couldn't hear you. Cousin. Okay, let's try it again. You, you have a cousin who's on the team? All right, I can't hear. We have a, your phone has a junked up. Boy, that would have been interesting. Is that what he said, Rich? I think his cousin is uh, one of the great wide receivers. Well, that's nice. You're not too partisan, but you might be right. You might be well, You might be absolutely right. All right, Harry, Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, Sirius Satellite, go. 
I just want to tell you what a great honor it is to finally get to speak to my hero, the great one, Mark Levin. Thank you, sir. So, you're welcome. And I just want to tell you one quick thing. I work in the garage every time a Denali pulls up, I think about you. <laughs> Thank you. So, um, Eagles 27-24, I'm hoping. They got to now, cover you, the Eagle, Say that again? I said they got to cover Rob Gronkowski. Well, yes. And I think he'll be there, no question about that. So how do you yeah. cover him? Well, he's uh, put two guys on him at least. They're talking about Malcolm Jenkins, the nailer. But I don't know uh, if he's good enough. Well, they better get the Brady. That's my strategy. And they better know, figure out yeah. how to do it. They better figure out how to do it without giving up long passes, too. Yes, I agree wholeheartedly. And I just want to tell you, I'm your number one fan. I love you and highly respect you, Mark. I have all Thank your you, books and everything. You're welcome. Well, you're very kind. Calling from the capital of Pennsylvania. God bless, sir. God bless you. Thank Jim, Orange, California, 870 AM, The Answer, our great affiliate. Go. First time calling, Mark. I love you. You're doing great. Uh, I want you to know I've been a diehard Eagles fan since 1960. I was 10 years old. I was an wow. Air Force brat, and I chose the Eagles to root for, and they didn't win it all the time. You know, waiting for them for all those years. I'm 68 right now. They're 0-3, baby. 0-3. Yeah. I, needed, I needed to find out something. I hope your callers are listening. I want to, uh, because I'm a, I'm an American patriot. I'm seriously an American patriot. And, uh, Dennis Prager had a call from a Philadelphia Eagle fan who said that the, there's four or five players that snub the, uh, the flag and, uh, the national anthem. There are. And that, that the, uh, owner is a leftist. He a is. Full-on leftist. Now, he is. I want to know about the patriots. Because it's patriot nation against the symbol of America. The Eagle. And I, I, I'm, I'm just... Well, real. you know, there's a lot of ways you can look at this. For instance, Massachusetts sends one left-wing kook after another. Uh, Boston is a left-wing city. Not everyone in Boston, like our listeners, I'm not saying that. But you understand, it's majority left-wing, and the conservatives in Boston will tell you that. So there's different ways to look at it. But I will tell you this. I despise the owner of the Eagles, and I despise all the, uh, all the knee-droppers, whomever they uh, play for including uh, within the Eagles organization. But you also have a lot of patriotic men in the Eagles, uh, on the Eagles field as well. I'm glad to hear that. In- including some who've served. All right, my friend, we salute you. Thank you. Let's stick to the tactics. You think the Patriots are going to win? Why? You think the Eagles are going to win? Why? I'm curious. Susan, Brooklyn, New York, the great WABC. Go. Hey there. I just think that um, because of preparedness and, uh, you know, that luck and opportunity meet when, you know, and th- that's the thing with um, the Patriots. I am all for the underdog, and I would love to see either team, whoever plays the best, but I have a feeling that that is why Tom Brady and his uh, the Patriots, they are so prepared and that they're just ready for everything, so... That's what I think. And they do have a way of winning at the end of a game, don't they? Oh, my God. Even sometimes when they shouldn't. So, but I, I, suspect, like I, I suspect the cities, uh, the, the teams that have lost to the Patriots, the cities they represent, most of them will probably be rooting for the underdog, the Eagles. But I could be wrong. For some reason, the Eagles are hated. For some reason, in many parts of the country, Philadelphia is hated. 
All right, my friend. Thank you for your call. And I don't know why Boston would be loved, to be perfectly honest with you. Glenn, Fort Rucker, Alabama. Mark Levinap. Go right ahead, sir. Hello, sir. I, uh, I am going for the New England Patriots on this tonight, on uh, Sunday. But tell, but why? I'm not taking a poll. <laughs> uh, the, the superior coaching staff, they're going to be healthy. Brock will be back. Uh, Brady has been there so many times. Before, well, let me, let me and... ask you about this superior coaching staff. The Eagles coaching staff has been there for two years. That's a pretty strong coaching staff, don't you think? Two years and then they're in the Super Bowl? Yeah, yeah, no doubt. But then you look at Patriots have continuity both at the, obviously with Belichick. And no, the paint, they, they, they do. They have Tom Brady, let's be honest. Oh, they have Tom they have Brady? Tom... And uh, Gronk and Amendola and a good offensive yeah, but, line. But if they didn't have Tom Brady, it would be a totally different team, wouldn't it? Oh, yeah, that's correct. They could have every other player you mentioned. That's and they correct. still they still wouldn't be, I don't think, they wouldn't be the Patriots. now. And yet, Philadelphia doesn't have Wentz, and there they are. How do you explain that? Well, there was a weak, the, the whole, there was not a strong, in either conference, there wasn't a strong dominant team. And and they played a, a weak uh, Minnesota team for the air championship. Well, how about they played a weak Minnesota team? Absolutely. The Minnesota just crashed and burned on them. But they didn't crash and burn on them. They were defeated. Oh, absolutely. In okay, but that was way. a strong Minnesota team that walked into that stadium. They were, and, and when you heard all the sportscasters uh, yapping away over and over and over again, they predicted this would be a blowout. Uh-huh. All right, thanks for your call. Don Congers, New York, the great WABC. Go. Hello, Mark. It's great to talk to you. Thank you. I am for the Patriots, and the only reason being it's purely selfish reasons, of course, being a New York Giants fan. If the uh, Patriots win, they will be the only. They would, would have been the only team to have beaten the Patriots in the Brady Belichick era. No, no, no. I, I missed that. You're for the Eagles or the Patriots? The Patriots. And you said, if what happens? If the if 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 the Patriots win, all right, uh-huh. they will be. Uh, that means the Giants will. Have been the only team to have beaten the uh, the Brady. Oh, gee, come on. Company. I know, it's really And what was the giant record this year? I forgot. Did they win one or two I, games? Exactly. But still, you know what? Hey, and, and also being, being a, uh, you know, I, I despise the Eagles also. Oh, well, that's the point. All right, Don, appreciate your call, sir. Kind of. John, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, the great WNTP. Go. Mark, I'm so glad you took my call, and I'm glad that that guy from New York hates the Eagles. I'm going to tell you why they're going to win. It's because the defense has given up 17 points in the last two games, 10 points to the defending NFC championship team, and 7 points to the Minnesota Vikings, who who were number two seed. And they had the number one defense, didn't they? Again? Didn't they have the number one defense in the league? They did. They had the number one defense in the league, and we lit up 38 points on them. Well, All right, my friend. Thank you. You know, Mr. Producer, I think the problem is us, not the callers. They're all starting to sound like staccato here. Just saying. Carl, Victorville, California, Sirius Satellite. By the way, I don't know if anyone's enjoying this. I'm having a blast. Go ahead. 
Eagles, but I think the Patriots will win. Yeah. I think the, the Eagles can win if they um, their coaching staff doesn't make a bunch of dumb mistakes at the end of the game. So you think it'll come again to uh, to five minutes left or so in the fourth quarter? Yeah, um, I mean Seattle should have won the Super Bowl, but the coach got stupid. And then last year, the Falcons had the ball on the twenty yard line, and all oh, they had no. to do was kick a field goal. Instead, they passed, and then uh, New England got the ball back and tied the game. They really were stupid, weren't they? Yeah, it's just you know I don't know I, the NFL. Um, I don't know. You know, I'm not a Falcons fan, and I watched that game, and my I, I was almost nauseous when that game was over. Yeah. And by the I, way, I'm, it's not that I'm, I hate the Patriots. I don't. It's that's that the the lead was so massive, and, and you're watching this this happen, and at the end, such a stupid call. You're exactly right. The Seattle call was was the dumbest call of the century. Yeah. All you have to do is play it safe, and you win the Super Bowl. But they did win. The yeah, they did. You know, I, I mean, I don't know. I think, I think the NFL. I think Adele wants the Patriots to win anyhow. So, do you think anybody's going to watch this Super Bowl game outside of Boston and Philadelphia? I'm sure they will. There's a lot of people that like to just watch sports just to get drunk. I think. All right. <laughs> okay. All right, my friend. We'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Actually, a lot of teams I like out there. I mean, they're not my teams, but I like Miami. I like Oakland. There's a lot of teams out there. I even like Dallas, which I'm not supposed to like. But so be it. If you're searching for the perfect Valentine's gift, then look no further than 1-800-Flowers.com. They make it simple to find beautiful bouquets. That's why they're my Valentine's go-to. And right now, for a limited time, you can get a dozen multicolored roses for only $29.99, delivery included. Hello, delivery included. That's right, a dozen multicolored roses delivered for only $29.99 or upgrade to 24 multicolored roses, only $10 more. Delivery is included, but only for this week. So don't miss out on this amazing 1-800-Flowers offer. This gorgeous bouquet of, flower, of roses in a rainbow of colors is the perfect Valentine's surprise she's guaranteed to love. Roses from 1-800-Flowers are picked at their peak. They're shipped overnight to ensure freshness and her amazement. A dozen multicolored roses for only $29.99, delivery included, or an upgrade to 24 multicolored roses for just 10 bucks more. That's the perfect reward for thinking ahead and ordering early. When it comes to Valentine's, I don't settle for anything less than my Rose Authority. That's 1-800-Flowers.com. Now, here's what you do, and you want to do it immediately because you want the free delivery. To order a dozen multicolored roses for $29.99, delivery included, or upgrade to 24 multicolored roses for only $10 more, go to 1-800-Flowers.com. Once you're there, click the radio icon. And then, once you do that, enter code LEVIN, L-E-V-I-N. That's crucial, so you can get the special discount. Order today, save at 1-800-Flowers.com, hit the radio icon, type in L-E-V-I-N, LEVIN. As I'm saying it, you should do it, get it done, lock it in, get the discount, that's what I do. Bim, boom, bomb, and you're ready to roll. 
Larry, Staten Island, New York, the great WABC. Go. Good evening, uh, Mark. Uh, I want to salute you first for your never-ending support of the police, our fire, uh, emergency responders, and the military. You are oh, on patrol amazing. with the NYPD in here, uh, here in New York City, and they love you. Thank you. It's my deepest honor. It truly is. Okay. Uh, Super Bowl, I believe it will be the Eagles. Why? Uh, they have a hunger to win. They've never won a Super Bowl, and they're going to gun for the Patriots very heavily. Mm-hmm. They were pretty, they, uh, you have to admit their defense is better than the Patriots, isn't it? Yeah, but the only thing that's different there, uh, if you look at New England, all those guys are big, big guys. They like no, they are. that team. They're big guys, they're, they're veterans, and they're damn good. No question about it. Thank you, Larry, and thanks to all the cops and firefighters. I really do appreciate it. We salute our armed forces, police officers, firefighters, and emergency personnel. Now, look, I will be back on Monday with two great hosts filling in Thursday and Friday. I hope you'll stick with us, and I'll see you then. By the way, can I say this? Go Eagles! Go Eagles!